once a lawless world. Podcasts fill the streets. Legend of two men bring order to the chaos. The Hardcasters. Hello, everyone. It's Hardcasters creeping up behind you like someone you'd rather not have following you. Um, we're back uh, with more of the same shit. distinct flavour of shit, <laughs> I was going to say, yes. Um, we can't promise you much other than we'll review a film, we'll pitch you a movie, um, we'll read out some keywords from IMDb for you because maybe you're not capable of reading them yourselves, and then um, there's some, some other fanning about uh, towards the end. Um, I'm uh, Dominic Deplum, and um, both close to me in a in a um digital sense but it's very very far away also in a geographical sense um is uh dick visage hello dick hello um i quite like the idea that obviously i'm sat here in like a little van mm. um it's got like a 80s cable company on the side of it i've got huge headphones in i'm yep. one of those kind of I'm, I'm sat outside your house basically like that on a stakeout well that's weird because i'm sat outside your house but i'm uh in a bin um i thought a van would be too obvious so we've cocked that up yeah is that not you walking around in a towel though is in my house else? yeah is that, over in a second <laughs> uh you chose this film uh i, I said that like it was an accusation <laughs> <laughs> your fault <laughs> you selected this film tonight it's the 1995 um i think straight to video action buddy movie tough and deadly starring roddy piper and billy blanks they i think they did two films together they did this and back in action mm. and i genuinely think every time i go to see the other film i end up watching the same one i think i keep forgetting i've seen it think oh well, this is the one i haven't seen because i would have remembered and then end up watching the same fucking film so i may have, i've definitely seen this film twice now it's like you're seeing two ex-girlfriends who are quite yeah. similar. Like, oh, yeah. no, I've gone back to that one again. <laughs> but I suspect that means I've never seen Back in Action. Um, but this one, um, I genuinely uh, only remember one scene. Uh, most of the other stuff I don't remember at all. But we'll get to that scene in a bit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really quickly sum up the plot because, to be honest, I didn't have a total grasp on it. I, I no. know generally, I know the broad strokes, so that's what we'll give you. Billy Blanks plays Quicksilver, I'm not joking, um, a secret agent who has apparently in his past been shot in the head with a shotgun, didn't have any memories, and so was retrained as this kind mm. of elite operative with no background. Mm. Then again, gets drugged and wakes up with more memory loss. So he's already forgotten his original life and then he forgets his fake life, I think. Um, basically, he's called to the house of a German, I think, um, kind of uh, government operative, whatever, who's going to fill him in on uh, some corrupt CIA officers. Those, some bad guys, some operatives uh, bust in, led again by Richard Norton back. Yes, yeah, back, back in play. Quicksilver is then drugged, uh, I think, because they're going to set him up as, as killing the German guy. Um, but Billy Blanks escapes in the, escapes his holdings. The car is in crashes. He wakes up with no memory and falls into kind of um, the lap of kind of down and out private eye. Um, Elmo Freach. Again, I'm not joking. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Although he's not, well, he is quite rowdy in this. Um, his PI, who's an ex-cop, um, who seems to have lost, left the police in some disgrace. And the two of them kind of team up and again, I kind of missed why they team up to some degree. Now, throughout the course of this, Roddy Piper's character Elmo pisses off some local gangsters who it appear are in uh, hitching a plot with the corrupt CIA officers that set up Billy Blanks. And so Elmo Fruit and Quicksilver team up against the mafia gang and the CIA operatives that are also the criminals. So the villains team up as well as the good guys but there's also some good CIA officers, but it all comes to fruition in a kind of warehouse fight. Um, and that's pretty much all you need to know. Um, anyway, same time next week? Yep, that's it. That we're done. That's all, that's, that's constitutional <laughs> review. Um, yeah. 
I really enjoyed this more than I was expecting to. I kind of had this pigeoned um, as the exact kind of film that I was talking about last week as having kind of escaped me. The, the kind of middle of the road American action film that doesn't quite have the production value of Jean-Claude Van Damme upwards, uh, but certainly doesn't have the, the inventiveness and the skill displayed by a lot of uh, Asian martial arts films. Um, and to some degree that's correct, but anyone knows Billy Blanks, uh, either from his movies or from his Tybo workout phenomenon. Um, I, oh, I didn't realise until I did a bit of research before watching this. Yeah, yeah. Tybo. Yeah, so absolutely. he's like Mr. Motivator. Exactly. With an acting, yeah. with an acting career, which is yeah. amazing. I'm going to go ahead and reckon that no one listening to this, if indeed that anyone's listening to this, will know who Mr. Motivator is. Um, but again, you've got Google. What, there's no excuse. Look him up. Um, he's like the British Billy Blanks. Yeah, so uh, anyone who knows Billy Blanks knows he's a very, very skilled martial artist. And actually, he does some pretty impressive martial arts in this, some pretty skillful stuff. And some stuff that as someone, again, I, you know, I'm not an expert, but I watch a lot of, of martial arts films. A couple of things that genuinely impressed me. I thought, oh, I haven't seen that before. That looked difficult. Mm. Um, the opening fight scene is quite well staged. I'm quite glad to see the uh, presence of the repeat edit. The, you know, if someone's going to kick someone, just repeat that kick three times in quick succession. Kind of pioneered in the editing of Jean-Claude Van Damme films. I think it just makes things a bit more stylized and fun. Bit of slow motion. And it starts, you know, the film opens with Billy Blanks versus um, Richard Norton. And you can't really go wrong with that. It's a good start. Also, later on... <clears throat> to kind of there's one particular scene where he beats up a guy or he fights a guy and it's quite evenly matched and then he just gets the better of him but he keeps ki- ki- picking him up to do an even kind of crazier kick on him like at yeah. one point he just kind of this guy's clearly done in and he just keeps picking him up yeah and then one point he kind of does a kick gets kind of barely touches the clown again and then kind of rotates the other way just to kick him again yeah 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 is this the guy at the end like, is yeah, the, he's yeah. Like this punching bad guy. He's just like it, it's um yeah. When he fights the bad guy, who all incidentally, I and I, I I think, and I've got IMDb open. I could check, but I'm not going to. Um, mm-hmm. uh, is one of the two police officers from Police Academy that are sucking up to Harris. You know, there's the little one, and then there's the yeah, tall yeah. one. I'm pretty sure that's him. Um, let's just say it is because yeah, it, it that's made it all better. Yeah. Um, you know, it's great. You think every any minute now he's going to do thing where he breaks his neck or kills him mm. or impales him, and he just keeps punching him and kicking him over and over and over again. It's great. Um, yeah, and so it, it's a good opening scene, um, and then it goes into they've got him unconscious in the back of a car, and the guy's about to inject him with a bunch of drugs that are going to knock him out for a long time or wipe his memory or something, and he says, "Don't worry." This guy is not waking up any time. And then Billy Blanks suddenly wakes up in a piece of uncharacteristically well-timed comedy, uh, which this film tends to, every now and again, pull out of the bag. It, sometimes there's jokes in there that fall flat or think people say things like they're jokes, but they're not. They're just said in a jokey way. Um, but there are some genuinely good moments in this uh, 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 and well-judged moments of comedy, one of which I'm going to talk about possibly at too much length. Um, anyway, Billy Blanks comes around, kicks a guy out of the front windscreen who then goes underneath the car, which is brilliant. The car yeah. barrels off this, this country road into the kind of, what well, is a desert road into the dust. Um, and then the film's off. And then we join Roddy Piper being rowdy um, uh, with two, so he's a private detective. He's kind of tracking down two criminals and he gets in a kind of prolonged fight and chase. Dick. What was so as he's preparing to bust this door down, he's got a yeah. revolver and then he's got a long black pole which yeah. he kind of connects. I think it's supposed to be like a beanbag gun or something, but it's a really thin yeah. pole and he puts like what looks down like an unblown up balloon, red balloon down the end, yeah. ties the end on, and then proceeds to never use that in the fight or ever again in the film. Um, yeah. so it's almost like is that. I never knew if that was trying to explain his character, Ooh. that he's kind of just a bit of a lazy shit. Mm. Because I, I, I'm a big fan of Roddy Piper. I think mm. kind of watching wrestling as a kid, um, <clears throat> he was always a really, a really good kind of shouty villain. 
he always had a lot of charisma and every time he came on actually he'd be you know he'd get a standing ovation and he'd be really charismatic even with people like Hulk Hogan and yeah. you know Randy Savage and people who were like you know the big stars he always felt like he had a lot of his charisma was bigger than he was yeah um obviously he did um they live and it was you know one of the best ever fight scenes in that which just goes on and on and on yeah. you know hell comes to frog town that that did it was the same year that he did those kind of two films he was really famous for but it really surprised me that he never did anything bigger than those films because actually <clears throat> i think he has a lot of kind of charisma kind of you know i know he was in a carpenter film but he reminds me a lot of Kurt Russell in terms of the charisma and the kind of slobby action hero he yeah. did, he does that really really well and actually he's kind of a nice foil for Billy Blanks so I didn't know whether <clears throat> I firstly I didn't know I don't know why he didn't have a bigger film career than that because yeah. I think he should have because I'm just a big fan of him but I think I don't know whether the beanbag gun thing was supposed to be like a joke that they maybe yeah, didn't I... quite it was supposed to represent his character just being a bit lackadaisical because there's a fight scene as well when he just doesn't quite get the fight scene right, isn't he? Because he just yeah. kind of he's a bit too lazy to carry on the fight properly. What what I liked so, about yeah the the contrast these two scenes is that you know you start with Billy Blanks versus Richard Norton, and then R- Roddy Piper just basically just rolls around on the floor with this guy. Um, <laughs> it looks like a fight at a secondary school. <laughs> it's not, yeah. but at the same time, actually. Roddy Piper's actually, obviously, how it come from wrestling crew, he's actually a really good um, fighter. Not necessarily technically, but when he throws a punch, it looks like it's fast and it looks like it's hard. And he does some, you know, limited wrestling moves. He gets to bring in some wrestling moves uh, in, a, in a, a pool hall fight later on. And like you say, yeah, he's a, it's incredibly charismatic. He doesn't actually get much to say that's actually, nothing really is written for him particularly well in this. And again, what I was alluding to is that everything he says, you think that would have been really good if, if the line had been funny. Like the way he delivers stuff yeah. is re- shows timing. He's just not really saying jokes, which is a shame. That being said, he gets more to say than Billy Blanks, who very rarely opens his mouth throughout the whole film, um, which again is a shame because Billy Blanks is actually a really, really good uh, martial artist and actually has some screen presence. And from that short moment in Last Boy Scout, that's quite an intense moment that he, he plays, you know? So I think he's got some stuff there. I think, you know, this is one of the, the trappings of straight to video is that, and not to, you know, have a go at the director who's, who's done a lot with probably very little money, but you kind of think actually with someone who knows how to get stuff out of actors or how to use actors, the two of these could have been actually very, very good. Yeah. Um, doesn't say that they're bad. It's just that you kind of feel like, Oh, there's actually some more potential here for something, something mm. bigger. Um, Richard Norton, disappears halfway through this film um and i genuinely was expecting him to be the big bad guy so he gets two good fight scenes but he basically gets the shit kicked out of him both of them and so about halfway through the movie billy blanks kicks him out of a balcony and he just never comes back (laughs) i think he might still be falling um which was surprising to me to the point where at the end of the film i'd forgotten that richard norton was ever in it and then i thought hang on I was expecting a big fight between um, not just Billy Blanks repeatedly kicking this same poor guy over and over again, who I have just checked. His name is Brandt von Hoffman, um, and he is the guy from Police Academy to the point where his IMDb pic- profile picture is him in Police Academy with Commandant Lassard stood in front of him. Um, so is the goldfish in the picture? You know, the, uh, the it it might just be out of shot, but it's definitely, it's definitely lurking. Now, what I did appreciate about this film is that um, every five minutes they're getting into some kind of fight or scrape. It doesn't, you don't have to go long between things. There's never really a big action sequence. Arguably the end is, but I'm going to talk about the ending because I think there's a lot of stock footage used in that ending. Um, I don't think all of the footage in that film, I, I don't know for sure, was was actually shot for this movie. But... Um, yeah. uh, but whether it's Billy Blanks fighting someone uh, or, or Roddy Piper fighting someone, there's always a fight around the corner. There's some quite fun gunplay from time to time. And again, like I say, the leads are, although they could have done a lot more with a lot more material, there's, um, uh, they do enough to be entertaining. 
I always think about the fit when watching it um, recently. It was on the cover. The idea, the, the kind of tagline is, you know, they're brought together, you know, but they want to kill each other, and that's yeah. they're brought together in a very kind of clumsy way. I think yeah. basically Billy Blank's been pushed on a stretcher through the hospital, yeah, and the Roddy Piper bangs into the stretcher. And it's like, oh, who's this guy? Mm. Oh, I can yeah. team up with this guy. It's really clumsily yeah. done. Then I'm sure we'll talk about this in a minute. Then Roddy Piper agrees to get him Billy Blanks back on his feet, mm-hmm. and there's there's a montage. Um, well, let's let's do it, let's do it now. Let's talk about this now. Okay. I think um, <laughs> so. This is the one scene that I remembered, um, and it stuck in my head. Well, you know, it's it's a rehabilitation montage. It's basically Billy Blanks and Roddy Piper working out together. And it's got a bit of a joke in it in that it starts with Roddy Piper, who seems to be in pretty good shape in this, mm. um, kind of um, showing Billy Blanks' character Quicksilver how, how to do a bunch of things. And then very quickly, yeah. the joke is that Billy Blanks is obviously, his, his character is so well-trained that he's supposed to be better and fitter than Roddy Piper and or Elmo Fridge. Mm. And so quickly starts to take him over and, and Roddy Piper does some double takes and what have you. But it gets very homoerotic very quick. Um, yeah, it was reminding me in Rocky Three, <clears throat> with the you know the kind of there's a training montage in there where yeah. Apollo Creed becomes Rocky's manager. Yeah, and he's training him, and it it goes from kind of very kind of serious fights in a kind of gritty LA gym to them in slow motion topless hugging in the sea. Yeah, and it reminded me of of that, yeah. but longer. Yeah. Like, but- no. And this 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 montage works quite well. There's a couple of good jokes in it. There's the one where them they're doing sit ups, and you know Roddy Piper starts to slow down, and and Billy Blanks keeps going, and he just kind of Roddy Piper just rolls over and just starts staring at him, watching him doing it. I think the the ice cream joke they they're jogging, and the camera's kind of panning, and it pans past an ice cream van, and um, out the other end just comes Billy Blanks, and he stops, and we pan back, and Roddy Piper's just sat having an ice lolly. Um, I don't. Couldn't identify which one. I mean, it's American, so they have different ones. It, it was kind of in the ballpark of a strawberry split um, or Solero, although I imagine this film was made pre-Solero. Um, I, I can't identify the exact ice lolly. I, you know, I, I think he'd go. For, I go think he'd go for a fab. Yeah, um, I can imagine. You know, someone like Van Damme going for a feast, a little bit more refined. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say, I think the joke would have been funnier if he had a 99, like a full ice cream, personally. Yeah. But, you know, um, the, the, the joke oh, he was... Sat down, he was sat down having like a full dessert. Yeah. You know, like a way to bringing him over, like yeah. uh, a ridiculous... Yeah, or, you know, keeping with the kind of more kind of fairground stuff, like an enormous candy floss or something. I don't know. I could have kept cutting back to more elaborate sweet treats. Um, but again, you know, so it's kind of amiable, it's kind of funny, and then they're having a kind of pull-up contest in what looks like a children's playground, which is kind of odd to begin with. Bear in mind, they're both shirtless. Yeah. Um, and they're both, and they're getting sort of pulling, it, pulling themselves up harder and harder and harder. And then Roddy Piper kind of drops down and Billy Blanks is still going. So he starts to grab him around the race waist to try and pull him off the, the bar. And then they um, hug. <laughs> What seems like a really long time. They just yeah. have a cuddle, shirtless cuddle. And again, and they, what, they, there's your IMDb keywords right there. Shirtless cuddling in a children's playground. <laughs> Put that in there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it makes that moment stand out. And that, not just that scene, that moment of them cuddling together is the thing that I remembered. This is the, the cuddle movie, as, as far as I'm concerned. Also, a bit later on, there's a scene when they're in Elmo's office, his PI office. Yes. And he turns around to me, and says, "Show me that those uh, those that those moves again. Show yeah. me that shit." And then very quickly, they're rolling around the floor. They just have a, little... a fight, don't they? Yeah. Now this brings us to my other second. Well, my, my, my other second, my second favorite thing in the film, um, and that is his assistant, um, who I was I presumed he was calling Mole throughout the whole film but her name in a character name is Maureen so I wonder whether he was calling her Mo um, 
who basically he's a private detective. He's got this female um, kind of secretarial assistant, admin assistant, who um, is played by an actress called Lisa Stahl. Now, she's also apparently uh, the girl in the Careless Whisper music video. Mm-hmm. She also popped up in uh, Invasion USA. So, you know, she's got a good acting pedigree and she's got the kind of voice of, or, or the, the voice and the demeanour and the body language of a kind of 1920s kind of PI's girl. Not the femme fatale, the kind mm. of reliable girl that he's already involved with. She's got this kind of, but she, she couples it with a, um, a kind of nonchalance, which is genuinely funny. Now, the first time we meet her, she talks to him on the phone saying, you've got your PI's licence due this needs to be paid <clears throat> and the landlord wants to do me for rent, which I guess is a funny line, but it, it did make me think a bit, like, are we going to go like the first time we've introduced her? Mm. And I wasn't sure about that, but at no point during the film, and she's not in it a lot, but at no point during the film is she made to be sexualized. Mm. Um, and, but she's also got a really good delivery. And there was a line that made me laugh, but also I thought it was such a good line that I didn't on first hearing, I didn't believe it was it was what I thought it was because I thought that's too good a line for this movie, and I actually had to rewind it and watch that line again. Now, obviously, I'm going to explain this joke, which means it's not going to be funny um, because part of it is the delivery and what have you. But basically, um, when uh, we find out that um, Elmo Freach, Roddy Roddy Piper's character, is now uh, in trouble with local gangs, and they turn up at his office, um, he's trying to hide Quicksilver from the cia as well they're like well we can't stay here we've got to go somewhere else and they they basically this is about two-thirds of the way through the movie i think or about halfway through they decide to rock up to his assistant's house and the shot is basically the the two of them with their backs to us we're looking over their shoulders and center frame is her front door yeah uh roddy Piper just knocks on it she opens the door looks at them and goes um guys i'm really tired one of you's gonna have to watch and then it cuts and i thought that's really funny because <laughs> it's not, it is, you know, attributing sexualized stuff to that woman, but it's, it's from her, she like, she, it's from her perspective and it's genuinely a joke and her delivery is really good. Like yeah. just, and, but also it's a really strong joke for a film that's had no, I mean, they don't even go into the obligatory strip joint in this, in this film. It's fairly no, sexless. No. So just to come out with a three-way joke in the middle of nowhere and have that so well delivered, uh, I literally stopped it and rewound it and watched that joke again just to make sure I'd heard it. Oh, she must have said something different because that's too good a joke to be in this movie. Yeah, like um, you say, it's delivered, it was delivered really dryly. Like, yeah. Kind of, oh. Yeah. Um, and so I actually quite come to quite like their relationship. And it's a shame that she doesn't get more to do, but also she vanishes again. I don't think yeah. we ever see her at the end of the movie, um, which is a shame. And then, really, that takes us to our big finale which has got lots of good stuff in it. It's got, um, there's, there was a move that, that um, Billy Blanks does where he hides behind a box and a guy comes around and he kicks him in the face. And it's a very difficult, from a kind of filmmaking point of view, because the angle, very difficult to make that kick look like it's connect. So it, the guy, he has to get close enough to the guy to not kick him, but so his foot goes past his face. So his shin yeah. must've been really close. I thought that's tough, but then they don't cut. They keep going, and then Billy Banks runs around the corner, all in one shot, with a camera tracking on Dolly, hides, and then reverse roundhouse kicks a barrel into another guy. And this is all in one take. And I think those are two very precise, very tough and technical things to do. Even if you were cutting and setting them up, to do them in one take, mess them, you know, the hitting the marks and getting the timing right. So that was really impressive. I also really liked the. Um, the bit where him and the other guy, who's kind of like a slightly portly guy with a moustache, just start firing bullets at each other through a wall. Yeah. And they're running. It's kind of like the scene in Hard Target. They're running. And then Billy Blanks does a kind of John Woo dive firing a gun, all in slow motion. It's pretty good. And then it just cuts to this other guy, kind of almost ballet dancing. He just jumps in the air, uh, all like doing a kind of star jump as sparks go off behind him, which is both quite exciting and quite funny. Um, but I tell you what, the thing that made me feel that there was some, maybe some stock footage being used is that it ends with the CIA coming in in helicopters. Yeah. And we see a normal kind of looking, 
you know, the kind of helicopter, a, a weather report or a traffic report or, or, you know, a news helicopter. But then there's also these two Vietnam gunship helicopters, the kinds that, you know, with an M60 out the side gunning away. Um, and those two things are never in the same shot. You never see those things fly over any of the main characters. And I'm pretty sure at one point, although they're in a kind of concrete industrial estate, there's a shot of the helicopter landing in tall grass and a soldier runs across the front of the screen. So I'm yeah. pretty sure they nick them from a Vietnam movie. There's also a couple of big explosions, which I kind of look at and think, I'm not sure. Like there's a bit, there's a, there's a thing exploding, which seems to be this kind of post-apocalyptic industrial thing covered in sand, which we never see at any other part of the movie. So I'm pretty sure the big explosions are all stock footage as well. Yeah, I think I saw Hitler's 1942 Nuremberg rally in there as well, <laughs> very quickly. Um, yeah. I think they took that one in there. Um, um, yeah, there was, a, there was some shots of some Roman soldiers um, <laughs> fighting off barbarian hordes as well. It just cuts to, um, I'm pretty sure that was stock footage, yeah. But um, like I said, we get the great, you know, it's actually, I started to enjoy um, Billy Blanks kicking the shit out of that guy because it just goes on and on and on and on. And then eventually someone else shoots him. He doesn't even kill him. Um, you know, uh, it's good fun. You know, the action's... Not at worst, it's competent. At, at good, at, at best, sometimes you get some really good stuff from Billy Blanks. There's a, it, it feels fun, even if not all the jokes are there. And then sometimes you get some really good jokes. Um, it's <clears throat> it's it's a fairly satisfying straight to video action movie. Yeah, I, I probably do. I'm probably going to check out um, uh, their their other one back in action which I got a feeling came before this. Because um, you think Back in Action might be a sequel, but it's not. I say that. I don't know. I've not seen it. Could be. Um, Maybe stock footage of this one. The stuff yeah. they didn't get out. Just um, yeah. The problem with um, Roddy Piper's... Uh... Oh, yeah. Back in Action was the year before. And he plays Frank Rossi, not, not Elmo Freach. The cover... Looks great. Anyway, um, so yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. So, um, any final thoughts, Dick? No, I, I just think, I think either career didn't seem to take off as it should have done. I think, like you said, they were limited with the script and the budget. I think, mm. like especially with the kind of action beats that it never, there was no big set piece. Yeah. Um, I think. I think the charisma of the both was a bit, it felt a bit stunted as well. Like you say, it would have been, if the, the, the female kind of PI assistant, I think she would have been a nice bridge between the two. I think you could yeah. have got away with that as a kind of, kind of buddy Joe Pesci-esque kind of female yeah, character. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, so I think there's potential there. I think there was definitely potential. Um, let's go over to the keywords, because I, I think we've said everything we're going we're gonna to say. Um, there's a lot here. Um, 189. It's quite quite a significant amount of keywords. A lot of them are just descriptions of injuries. Um, kicked in the stomach, kicked in the face, roundhouse kick, beaten to death, headbutt, so on, such so shot in the head, shot in the chest, shot in the leg, shot to death, shot in the foot, shot in the back, shot in the forehead, neck breaking, throat slitting, stabbed in the throat. Um, which probably makes this sound like a considerably more violent film than it probably is. Five 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 phone number is in there, which is weird. Um, so F word is there looking at oneself in the mirror. I'm basically, I'm scanning for shirtless cuddle. So I know, I think, I think we're okay. So let's edit this page. Um, you know, I'm just going to put, I'm just going to, I'm going to go cuddle because I think cuddle on its own is a good word. So yeah, uh, cuddle. What else do we want? In you this. can't really have pulled off in the child's playground. Can you? <laughs> pulled him off of the, no. of the... No, we can't have that. Can no. Um, Tired threesome? Can't really have that either, can we? No. Um, what about rolling around? Because there's a fair bit of that going on. <laughs> rolling around. Um, I'm, I'm going to put in... How about star jump to describe yeah. the, the man's wonderful swan dive? we go now I, I haven't updated you on last week's ones I've got to check whether they've gone in oh we're tense um, now it's tense mom we need tense music um 
Your wish is my command. There it is. Um, and all three approved. That is the Jaguar Lives. We've got Animal Entitled, <laughs> Oversized Monocle, and Gyrocopter. Oh. So, you know, yeah. uh, Cuddle, I think I, I hold out uh, a lot of hope for. We've got some options here because obviously I think, you know, we talked a little bit about buddy cop stuff um, when we did Red Heat and Danko and Goodnight. But really there, we, we were pairing up a, an action star with a comedy star. And what the other type of cop buddy movie there is, is where you team up together two very competent action stars. Yeah. Something like Tango and Cash, for example, yeah. or tough and deadly or the Cynthia Rothrock Richard Norton film so I think we should pitch a film where we, we we have two tough people but have different ways of doing things so we're gonna have yeah. one who's possibly a martial artist and one who's a gunslinger or one who's very slobbish and one who's very smart um now what I will say is this does present a problem for us because obviously normally we go to the um action sequel title generator mm -hmm. okay but that's not going to generate as a buddy cop movie idea because really what we need to come up with is two surnames that are also things that don't mix well together yeah um so i think as much as i've got it open um i don't think we're going to use her tonight she's, she's disappointed well i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna leave her in the background in case we really 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 can't think of anything so um i think we need to start with the name uh, of two things that don't go together. So, for example, you know, this is a shit one, but oil and water, or um, okay. you know, chalk and cheese, um, okay. something like that. Okay. Why don't we? <laughs> this might probably won't work. Mm. Uh, it's, it's a good experiment. So, if you think of, think, of, I'll tell you what, think of a food, a food, mm -hmm. and I'll think of a condiment. Okay. And we'll see if they go together. Let's, let's start with this one because we, we, could, we, could, uh, we could branch off to something else in a minute. But this is starting point. Okay. So food. I've got one. Go on. <laughs> Gumbo. <laughs> I was thinking vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> but, okay, no. Okay, so, yeah, gum, gumbo's, I, I mean, I like gumbo, but. Vinegar's gonna be good. Do piss and vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that does mean one of our characters' surnames has got to be piss. Brilliant. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we could spend ages going, coming up with a better title, but piss and vinegar, I think. Because that is also an exclamation of rage, always full of piss and vinegar. So definitely. Yeah. So we've got right. two very angry people. Now, again, I think um, it'd be very easy to go cops. But I want to I want to pick two people, two occupations that also should never go together, but that oh. also mm -hmm. might have a link to their names. For example, okay. Vinegar might own a fish and chip shop. Right, okay. Might. And piss could be a toilet attendant or a urologist at a hospital. Um, yeah. You know. Um, I think as well to kind of <clears throat> obviously we're thinking tough people, yeah. So we could even you know like the idea of film and um, you know Last Boy Scout and stuff. It's the yeah. idea that it's not two action stars who are similar. It's two tough guys who are from different fields. So we could have someone from a sports background, not wrestling because we've kind of done that. Yeah, but a sports background. So like football or you know, soccer, we could have someone yeah. from that and then pick someone from a bit more kind of film, you know, kind of tough guy film star and then yeah. put them together. Are, are, we, are we going American or are we going British? Because if we're going British, I've already got... <laughs> I've, got I think, I've got two possibles, but I don't, right. I don't know how well this will play with anyone listening outside of the UK, but... Um, I'll, I'll tell you what then, why don't we just do what we did with Piss and Vinegar? Yeah. 
you think of a, of a, of a sports star from, from England, from, yeah. from this country, and then I'll think of a, a more international... Um, a more traditional lead. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so we're going to go... We got what, so obviously, uh, Tough and Daddy was 95, but I'm kind yeah. of pitching late 80s, I think. Right, okay. Um, so I'll, I'm going to give you a choice of two actors, okay? So these are sports okay. personalities that their their agent has somehow negotiated for them to be in a movie and it's going to be right. their first movie okay and that is either i think the unlikely one but the funnier one is dickie davis a mustached right. pundit um nope. i think more realistic is bill beaumont who was <laughs> a rugby player who went on to be one of the team captains in a in a in question of sport, which is a kind of wry, humorous, occasionally zany, sports-based quiz show from uh, UK TV. I think Bill Beaumont with his big old cauliflower ear, because the rugby thing's got some physicality to it. He could throw some rugby moves into it. And um, he always looked quite rugged, but in a, in a way that he looked like child's Play-Doh that had been left on the table. Yeah. You know, like a child, just, instead of making something like Play-Doh, they just smash into it and then put some eyes in the face. Yeah, that's what the Walmart looked like. Yeah, absolutely. And he looked like he'd taken a few too many hits to the head. And like yeah. a lot of British celebrities, he was also just very red. <laughs> yes, <laughs> red and sweaty. Um, so Bill Beaumont, uh, and you Bill got to pair him up with a late eighties, not massively famous, but possibly up and coming. I've got two. Star. I've got two, and they're not. They're not. I've gone a bit left field with this, this, these two choices. There's, there are people who are in action films who I don't think ever got the lead that they deserved, mm-hmm. but had charisma and the chops to be in it. So I've got two choices. So see what you think. Yeah. First one's Bill Duke. Yes. He appeared okay. in a lot of 80s action films and never really, I always really liked him. He was a lot of charisma and quite a bit of menace. And yeah. He was a big man. My other. Um, choice and uh, his name just escaped my head but it's the guy who played Bennett in Commando oh um, yeah he's uh, Vernon Wells Vernon Wells so oh. either Vernon Wells or Bill Duke we're teaming with Bill Beaumont oh man see the thing is I think actually Vernon Wells is basically Bill Beaumont <laughs> I tell you what yeah. as much as and I'll just Google image search him. As much as Bill Beaumont being in a, in a buddy cop movie, we've, I, I think as much as it breaks my heart, I think actually Bill Duke and Vernon Wells are a better mm. double act. And more traditional in the action, uh, action film yeah. tradition. I think with Bill Beaumont, we're kind of going back into last week's minor British celebrity fiasco. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think we, we're really in that one listener. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, so... Uh, Piss and Vinegar starring Bill Duke and Vernon Wells. Um, yeah. I mean, Vernon Wells has got to be pissed, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. So would you like to name Vernon Wells as Piss or Bill Duke as Vinegar? Uh, I'll go Bill Duke. Okay. So you're going to Are we doing character bio for each one as well? Be on. uh, yeah. So, um, and, so yeah, you, you pitch me his name and what... Mr. Vinegar uh, does for a living and what could be motivating him into a life of um, extracurricular justice seeking? Okay, I think... I don't, have we done this one before? Uh, it doesn't I think, I, <laughs> It's the 80s. Yeah. I think I, um, that Bill Duke's character... Um, I'm going to go... Um, <laughs> I'm going to go Zeus, Zeus Vinegar, um, <laughs> who is, um, he was um, ex-CIA, yeah. who had too many scrapes with the wrong people, mm-hmm. and he decided to retire to Southern California and r- r- run, no, sorry, Northern California, I'm going mm-hmm. to get my geographical sense right, Northern California's beautiful wine region. Yeah. Uh, to run a winery, but he's shit at it. So really, yeah. <laughs> I just imagine these bottles of wine. We just 
He's fresh. He's looking really fed up. <laughs> just drink, tasting everyone, and just spitting it out. Yeah, um, and everyone who comes to it, shit, this tastes like vinegar because yeah. it's off wine. So, yeah. um, <laughs> and it doesn't help because yeah, the name of his wine yeah. is uh, Vinegar Fields or something because his name is yeah. is Zeus Vinegar. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, just a picture of him at a table, <laughs> suit on, just with his hand, just looking really fed yeah. up. And every now and again, you just get this spray of of bad wine that someone spat across the front of the camera, just like these spit <laughs> takes everywhere. Yeah. Um, okay. So Vernon Wells plays Donovan Piss. who is is very highly respected in the prestigious but corrupt and mafia-run polo uh, arena. And Donovan Piss's job, he's basically, he goes to all the top breeders and can assess the quality of the breeding of a horse through their urine. Oh, Okay. okay. So right. he'll, he'll sit down and there'll be all these people sat down very quietly. Like there's, there's money on the table here. There's people like there's literally suitcase of money. <clears throat> like when you do a drug deal, you know, they get the guy who gets sets up like a little mini lab and tests the drugs. These are high stakes stuff between rich people with connections and gangland. There's a horse for sale. It's going to net whoever has this horse millions of dollars. And Donovan Piss comes in, gets out his little suitcase Sets up a mobile lab, um, holds, <laughs> holds uh, a comically sized beaker under the horse, and then we hear the sound of the horse pissing for like a minute and a half. Just everyone's really tense, almost like spaghetti western style shooting of like eyes and hands, like fingers tapping on top. Just as this yeah. frothy piss sound is happening, and then he'll he'll do his little thing, lab this high tech stuff. And oh he, no, he drinks it. He drinks it. Oh, he, no, yeah, he, just, he just takes he a sniff and a swig. It. Yeah. And that, that leads me on to the main plot, which brings these characters together. Um, he can tell whether a horse will come into the top three by the taste of their piss alone. Um, but when we introduce him, he sort of says, this horse is no good. It's almost like a counterfeit horse. I don't mean it's a fake horse. It's not made out of cardboard, but it's a horse that's not well-bred. And that turns into a shootout between two rival gangs. Yeah. But what we also find out is that he's been in this game long enough that he can take care of himself. So he pulls out an o- a, re- a gun with a really long barrel and sort of shoots his way out and rides the horse out to safety. Yes. Um, and that's his introduction. So we've got a guy who's shit at tasting wine but knows the process and a guy yeah. who drinks horse's piss... <laughs> but has got an acute taste bud. So although they come from two very different worlds, their mm. skills complement each other. One knows the process, one's got the taste buds. So what if a criminal organization was um, taking cocaine and liquidizing it and smuggling it in via wine? Yes. Yes. So what's the, the wine tasting film? Uh, oh, side, is it Sideways? Yes, it's that. Yeah. But an action movie, but a buddy cop movie. So they have to go on the road to try and track down a shipment of drug wine that's about to cross the border. So it's a road movie, Mm. kind of like Midnight Run. Yep. Um, They're not necessarily working for the good guys. They need to intercept that because on it is, it's been, okay. So someone hires, a businessman hires them to track down. They've got a lorry full of cocaine wine that's gone off the grid. They need to head out into the desert to track it down and return Mm. it. They don't know why. They don't know what it is. But when they find Mm. it and they realize it's drug money, they decide in a kind of Mad Max 2 style uh, final run Mm. of the gauntlet, they're going to drive that truck across the border and take the money for themselves. Because yes. they've both been in the wine and horse piss tasting business for so long, they need their out. And it ends up with them being besieged by gangs, the people that hired them, and the police. Yes. Uh, I love yes. it already. So, can, um, can we have a scene in there 
I don't know why it's popped into men, but can we have a scene in there where there's a Trojan horse? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, yeah. But they are they are the horse. So one's like the front end, one's the back end. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks really shit as well. <laughs> yeah. But it's not material, it's solid. So it's really cumbersome. Um, <laughs> yeah. But could but it, but here's the thing, right? This is the surprise. Instead of the traditional thing, so obviously Bill Duke's at the front. Yeah. But rather than Vernon Wells bending over and holding onto his waist, Vernon Wells is wheelbarrowing. So his hands are the back of the horse and his legs are wrapped around. So it basically buckaroos. Yeah. <laughs> but when it comes up, that means yeah. that Vernon Wells is kind of upright with two oozes. Yeah. And can just... And, and then <laughs> Bill Duke's firing. So they're kind of almost like a, a, a conjoined twin it's yeah. like someone's taken them and a horse and put them in the um, gene splice machine from the fly. And this kind yeah. of multi-limbed creature, both firing guns, and they just spin round. Can we also have a scene where they go to this fancy dress part in uh, kind of early on when they're bonded? Yeah. And they dress up, but again, it's, it's, it's horse theme related. And it's, it's that comedy suit where it looks like it's a jockey riding a horse. It's a pair of little legs at the front. Yeah. But their legs are in the horse. So it's yeah. that kind of costume it's with the little legs in there. But Absolutely. they just look really fucked up with it. Yeah, I, I, I don't <laughs> think... The cover as well. Yeah, at this point, I don't think we need to really go into the about a plot. There'd just be a series of events that happen on this, this road trip. And so I'm going to want one where they, there's going to be a bar fight. You know, they stop off at a, a kind of bar that's got Hell's Angels in it and whatever. But they go there, and in the middle is a bucking bronco, and they have a <laughs> they have a competition. They're initially against each other, and they're like, "I can ride that for longer," and they do it, and everyone's cheering. Um, but the local kind of bad guy, the local kind of Hell's Angel heavy, has got the record. And what they don't realise is by competing with each other, they're going to break his record and piss him off. Now, also. At some point in this buckaroo, they decide that it'd be good to take their shirts off and swing them around their head as they're bucking, right? Yeah. Um, and they both get the exact same score or time, but beat this guy, and there's a big fight, and there's a proper bar fight, people being stood across the bar, and chairs being broken. It's kind of funny. They both get thrown out a window at some point, and then run back in, and then the bad guy gets thrown out the window. And then at the end, just to, again, take our cues from the film we did, they, they have a shirtless cuddle. Um, as well, yeah. even weirder because they're not probably in the best shape. Not they're not in the shape yeah, of Billy no. Blanks and, and Roddy Piper. So it, it's a kind of sticky cuddle, sticky, sweaty, shirtless kind of cuddle after having a bucking bronco provoked bar fight. Can one of them as well, while they're on the bucking bronco, be firing a gun as it's swinging round? Yeah, they're just kind of firing two guns as it's swinging round. Yeah, it's just going everywhere. <laughs> and now obviously we've got to have some action sequences we've got to have some bad guys so we've got to have the 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 person that hires them so the rich guy whose merchandise it is yeah um we've got to have the fearsome gang leader on the other side of the trip who's going to receive yeah. them and we've got to have who are going to be their main nemesis really or, or physical threat the, there's a driver um, who's an everyday kind of truck driving, you know, uh, body warmer, cap kind of thing. Yeah. But the guy has hijacked them. He's sat next to him. He's the heavy. He's the thug. Yeah. Um, and he's holding a gun to them. So who's going to be our corporate kind of slime guy? You're good at picking these guys. Um, I think I, I quite like the villain from Roadhouse. I always think he's is it Ben yes. Ben Gazin? Um him. Because he, yep. he plays part of the corporate shit. Yeah. Absolutely. Um I think the the hijacker mm. who's working for the gang is played by Randall Tex Cobb. He's in Raising Arizona, Uncommon Valley. He's a kind of bearded shouty guy. Either yes. him. Either him, I'm happy for him, or um, the guy who is John Corbin Van Damme's best friend in Bloodsport. 
They're okay. both basically um, Donald Gibb. Um, okay. They're both basically the same guy, big, hairy men, um, but biker men. So one of them, oh. Randall Tex Cobb or um, Donald Gibb, either or. Um, when then so, we need the the kind of gangland boss. Yeah, I don't oh. want to. I don't want to go. I said sort of across the border. I, I want to go across state lines. I don't necessarily want to go into the. Um, Oh, Mexican bad guys, because that's a bit obvious. So we just need someone who's kind of equal standing to um, our our slimy corporate guy, but who is more kind of salt the earth, self made gang kind of mm. person. So it could literally be anyone. I mean, my my initial thought was Robert Darvey, but I'm pretty sure we've used him. Uh, yeah, before. not that we can we can't reuse people. I mean, you know what? We just might just use Richard Norton. Yes. Give him Richard an earring. Norton. Give him an earring. And uh and, and, and um cut. like a a neckerchief. Yeah, but and then cut the sleeves off his, his denim jacket. It'll look yeah. it'll look like one of Dex's midnight runners, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, yeah. The, Ollie Henchman looked like that as well. So he looks like a, he's fighting Dex's midnight runners. <laughs> yeah. It, they're they're a gang of travellers. I, I was going to say I think we need as well because the cops are chasing him. I think the lead cop needs to be a shit as well. Oh yeah, yeah. This is full of shits. Um, Everyone but those two guys are shits. Yeah. Who, who could play the cop? The lead cop who's chasing him. He's always now, kind of got bullhorn and shouting and getting angry. Yeah. Well, we got we got two options. We either go the midnight run kind of um, respectable cop whose reputation is on the line, or we go. Um, Sheriff Pepper, <laughs> W. Pepper, shouty, racist, southern, corrupt, possibly a sex offender, yeah. piece of shit cop. Or maybe he's. How about he, he could be like a motorcycle cop who's just kind of. <laughs> yeah, let's keep motorcycle cop. But could we have? Who's the guy? You know, in Die Hard Two. Yeah. The two cops in that. So it's what's his face from NYPD Blue? Isn't Dennis Franz. Dennis Franz. Dennis Franz. Oh, here we go. Yeah, like Dennis Franz as a motorcycle cop. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he insists on, he's the sheriff, but he insists on driving a motorcycle. Yeah. Um, and so basically this film ends with the truck full of, of cocaine wine yeah. being driven uh, by, driven, driven, driven by Donovan Piss, played by Vernon Wells, while Zeus Vinegar, played by Bill Duke, is fighting... Randall Tex Cobb on the trailer. Yeah. While Dennis Franz leads an army of police cars and a police helicopter. Yeah. While, um, what was his name? Ben. Ben, is it ben Gazzara. Ben Gazzara. Yeah. Uh, he leads, is driving like, he's in the back of a stretch limo, but there's a guy in kind of a suit and black sunglasses firing a submachine gun out the, the, wind, the um, sunroof. Yeah. Right. While... Richard Norton and his Midnight Runners are chasing them down in, but all their cars have caravans on the back. And they're right, firing okay. shotguns and throwing Molotov cocktails. It's this huge yeah. Blues Brothers, Smoking the Bandit-esque chase. Um, yeah. And cars end up going flipping. There'll be that scene where a police sheriff car crashes. Uh, it, it goes off the road and it stops just up with its two wheels over the ditch. Yeah. And they go, phew. But then another one hits it in the back and it falls in. Yeah. And then um, one of them will get out and he pulls off his Stetson and throws it onto the bonnet, which always happens in a cross-country chase. Uh, yeah. A police squad car will go into a ditch and some guy will get out and, he'll, you know, and throw his, his... Or he'll nonchalantly pull out the radio and call for help. One of the two of those two yeah. cliches. It's full of car stunts. Cars are flipping, whatever. Um, and then just for the fucking shits and giggles, why don't they Thelma and Louise off a cliff at the end? Yes. And they kiss on the way down. There we go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> they throw Louise off the cliff. Yeah. And he's a really shit cut. And it's just them landing nicely on the road. Yeah. And they just drive off. <laughs> or uh, they're heading for it, right? But the, the cars will flip. It's just Ben Gazzara. Mm. Right? He's had to take over the, the, um, the wheels of the, uh, the limousine, the, the mm. steering wheel limousine, because the other ones have been shot up. Because now Bill Duke's got a machine gun on top and he's just opening up on people he's thrown yeah. uh bill cobb into the windscreen of the helicopter and that's just gone off into the distance and exploded behind a tree they couldn't afford to crash a helicopter so it does the thing where it flies 
out of sight and then there's just a puff of smoke comes out from behind a hill. Um, uh, Richard Norton's gone. Um, he's, his convoy of caravans is, is in smoke. Um, mm. Oh no, it's just him. It's just him, Ben Gazzara and Dennis Franz, right? Yeah. Chasing this down and the, the truck goes through a kind of road closed thing and the three pursuers stop as the, 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 the lorry appears to go off a cliff. And there's just a big hmm. cloud of smoke. And when the smoke disappears, they think they've gone. They look at each other and they kind of have a kind of shared laugh, like <laughs> the life we lead and off they go. But then we cut to this kind of ho- this private island and somehow they survived. And they're now I think on a beach. Going where I'm going, actually, this last scene, you might be going where I'm going, but go on. They're on a beach. Uh, Bill Duke goes, "Here, have a cocktail." <laughs> I've made it. <laughs> and Vernon Walsh drinks it and spits, and that's the freeze frame. That's exactly my ending. My, my ending was <laughs> with Vernon Wells went, and there's a horse stands up, and he goes, "I'll get the cocktails." Burned. Yeah. Gets the cocktails back and then Bill Duke spits it in a freeze well, frame. They, they do, you know, uh, uh, Vernon Wells can make Bill Duke's drink and Bill Duke yeah. can make Vernon, and they both spit. Um, yeah. But the but the two liquids hitting each other in midair in the freeze frame is a metaphor for the two of them coming together. Yeah, because it they're literally spitting piss and vinegar <laughs> at each other. Yeah, right. Which is also the cover. The cover is the two of them on either side spitting liquid. And as the liquid splashes, piss and vinegar is written in a kind of liquidy font. And then yeah. down below, you just have the big convoy chase along a desert. And maybe yeah. Dennis Franz kind of poking out behind something and shaking his fist. Yeah, but he's, he's, got, um, he's got a stick of dynamite in one hand. Yeah. And uh, he's got like a, 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 an Uzi in the other one. Yeah. But he's never got that in the film. That doesn't exist in the film. <laughs> no, no. I love this movie. Why, why does this not exist? Well, this is the thing. I think it almost does. There's enough DNA. Let's, I, I don't think there's something we've said tonight that doesn't kind of already exist to some degree mm. in a film. All right, it, they're not drinking piss <laughs> and, and what have you. But generally speaking, these films, you know, it's an amalgamation of the, of the, of the kind of midnight run kind of thing. I think this is great. Piss and Vinegar, uh, starring Werner Wells and Bill Duke. What's the tagline? Um, they'll leave a bad taste in your mouth. Oh, yeah, I was going to say that um, they're, they're, they're bitter and they'll leave an aftertaste. One's sharp, one's bitter. They'll both leave a bad taste in your mouth. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> Mess with these guys, they'll give you piss and vinegar. <laughs> Brilliant. And on the back, you can make lots of, like, in the reviews, it's like a cocktail of excitement. Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Four fingers of fun, which, uh, as I say, I think that's a whiskey reference, but sounds like, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I... I, I, I and I, I, I do imagine that this film would be a 15. I don't think it would end up being an 18, because... Although the language, there'll be a lot of effing and blinding, wouldn't there? Yeah. I think by I think it would have come out as an eighteen. It would be the kind of eighteen you watched and thought it shouldn't really be an eighteen. But I think by now it will be like a twelve on on DVD or on Blu-ray or a fifteen. I think just yeah. for bad language, maybe some some squibs. It's the kind of film that would have had a brilliant ITV TV dub because they wouldn't yeah. have had to cut out the violin, but all the swear <laughs> words would have been replaced by. Um, people that sound nothing like them yeah and just saying just random words like yeah. um, peas or um well every time they say donovan piss's name they'll have to change it to donovan p which is funny in it itself or peas <laughs> or pp donovan pp yeah the itv dub it's just instead of a word it's just a little horn <laughs> <laughs> yeah every, every it just this card goes by or something with a horn or there's a loud noise <laughs> Justice, justice, justice. What are we going to take to add into our uh, manual for those who want to know how to seek justice better? Our Justice 101 training manual uh, that's for anyone looking for any kind of justice, 
Um, what can we learn from the adventures of Quicksilver and Elmo Freach? Which does not sound like, that sounds like a film we've come up with. Yeah, um, it does. That's the real movie. So yeah, next to I, Elmo Freach and Quicksilver, Donovan Piss and Zeus Vinegar. <laughs> doesn't sound that ridiculous. No. And Elmo Freach, I, I, earlier in the film, I thought he was called Elmo Screech. <laughs> Which is a, a, an instruction you don't want anyone shouting at Elmo. And then I just had this image of like Screech from Saved by the Bell in an action film. Um, yeah, so um, I, think, <clears throat> I think that my justice-seeking thing is actually, I'm going to pitch this a little bit higher. So my, my one's going to come towards the end of the manual. Right. And it's where you've sought enough justice that you are thinking about setting up your own justice-seeking organisation. Okay. okay. And that is that you can never wipe an agent's memory too much. Right. I think it will just be like, um, uh, oh, clear it, clear it and start again. You know, like, a, I think you should treat every agent's memory like it's a whiteboard. Like, I've gone wrong, just rub it out start again or an etch-a-sketch you know um uh, you know what i wish in, when i said that thing to him I, um, he may have thought i was being sarcastic i'll wipe his memory and we'll, i'll have that conversation again just for anything yeah. like yeah. oh i wish he hadn't seen me do that i'll wipe his memory um oh, oh, I, I underpaid him this month yeah 50 quid so, he saw my, he saw my browser history i'll wipe his memory um <laughs> yeah. just keep doing it, it He'll get to 85 and he won't have a clue about what happened in his life. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're, if you're running your own justice-seeking organisation, you have people working for you in the contracts. Again, you might want to put it in small print or in, like, terms of agreement or whatever, but just sort of say that you consent to having your mind wiped for any reason up to any number of times. It just makes yeah. things so much easier to run. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, anything that you'd like to add? Well, I think... We've, we've kind of just this one on one. It's gone beyond the you know cops now. I think we're looking at bounty hunters, uh, private eyes. I, I definitely think there would be not so much chapters but sections. Yeah. Um, if you want it to be accessible for people, so if you if you're going and you are training to be a police officer, or you're a new police officer, or you're an experienced police officer and you're you're going through retraining, or you want to keep fresh, you can yeah. go to the police section. If you are a bounty hunter or if you've had some wrong done to you and you're seeking revenge, you can go that. But then also there are cross-referenced. Um, so if you go to the index, you can find like, I'm just, I just want to know how to uh, uh, enter a bar. You could do mm. that. Um, or we could just have them all and we have them color-coded. Like if, it's, if, it's, if we think this is relevant to police, there's a blue, blue tag. And if we yeah. think something else, and then people can kind of say, oh, that's useful for me. But we like to cross-pollinate. So, yeah, absolutely. Any, anyone, and any, anyone and anything can seek justice. So, go on. What would you, what would you have in here? Well, mine's kind of erring on the side of uh, someone who's an entrepreneur, so like a, uh, a PI or, a, you know, yeah. kind of setting themselves. So, if you, perchance, happen to wander the, the, you know, the corridors of a hospital mm. and you bump into someone, ask why he's there, what he's done, and a bit of his kind of fighting pedigree, because chances are it might lead you to team up on a fun-fueled action romp. Yeah. Taking Ho down some progress. Absolutely. Hospitals are going to be full of agents who've lost their memories, yep. possibly put there by their bosses, which yep. is what we're, we're condoning and recommending. Yep. Or it could be key witnesses who are there who might get assassinated. So you might interrupt an assassination and go on an adventure there. Injured... Yep other law enforcers who yep. in their dying breath might give you a vital clue or a link or a, a lead. You might go past the room, the windows pop open and six ninjas come in trying to take down someone in the hospital. So again, yeah. you're in the right place. Yeah. There's, there's so much, you know, there might be um, uh, an, a serial killer that was thought dead, but comes back to life in the morgue. There's yep. so many, you know, hospitals are a great place <laughs> to hang out if you want to seek justice because um but you have no justice of your own to seek like it's not a personal thing you're looking to monetize it by offering your services head to the hospital yeah. because that's where people end up when they've been wronged physically in yeah. some respects just just make sure you're aware of parking 
Yeah. Because if, if you you parked in a hospital car park and you paid the hourly rate and shit goes down, you know, if you if you need to put another hour in your car, you can't just yeah. nip out to do that if you're fighting some injuries. So just be aware of yeah. That's I mean way you park as well. That is that is the thing. When you buy the book, it will have a matter of fact stuff. But if you want the kind of additional advice and the extra um, you know, elaboration, that's why you listen to this podcast, because we can yeah. give you a bit more of the old inside knowledge. Uh, what with us, Diplom and Visage, uh, detective agency, um, we've been working for some time now. We've learned these lessons, so don't you? You don't have to. You got not, such not a people. fucking parking bill that time where you spent a week just lurking around a hospital, hoping <laughs> for someone. Park, park huh? on a side Just think about where you're parking. Yeah. Christ, don't just park somewhere and think, oh crap, I need to put two and, hours in my car. Yeah, and don't be a dick and like block where the ambulance comes in because no. that ambulance could have your meal ticket in it. Exactly. Use you your head. Yeah. Use yeah, your head. Just think, just think. So, you know, as, as knowledgeable French gentlemen that we are. Yeah. French you're, you're private welcome. investigating gentlemen. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're welcome, everyone. I personally take a bike to the hospital when I want to lurk there. You know, it's not as cool, but it gets you out of a lot of other problems. Yeah. And if you need to make a getaway, escaping things, you just, you know, steal an ambulance. You've got, you've got to learn to improvise. Um, you know what hospitals do have as well, don't you? What? Helipads. Where you can park so, your gyrocopter. Exactly. So last week, if you've taken our advice and you've gone out to Argos... Don't or get where me started. Don't get me started. Got you and that's arrived. No, it's a dodgy, dodgy subject for me. Um, oh, those people and those people without their gyrocopters. Thank you very much for listening. Um, we hope we've informed you. We hope we've inspired you, and we've hoped we've given you some really good, sound moral advice um, about how best to exploit someone else's misery. I hope we filled you with piss and vinegar as well, and look forward to filling you even more. Uh, next week until you can't take it no more goodbye <laughs>